There's a code of silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on December the 7th, 2009. Newcomers, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Scroll down the front page and bookmark all the other sites I have up for future use, because sometimes the big sites go down, and if you bookmark these other sites, you can always download the latest shows. And I should mention them too, because... I've had fake sites out there before, and my name uh, put up by other people, of course. But um, I should mention these ones because these are the only official ones that I have anything to do with. And it's cuttingthrough.jenkins.com, cuttingthroughthematrix.net, cuttingthroughthematrix.us, and .ca. There's Alan Watt, cuttingthroughthematrix.ca, and Alan Watt, sentient.sentinel.eu. The last one is a European site has all the same audios for download but it also has addition of transcripts for download of a lot of the talks I've given over the radio over the years and you can find them in the various languages of Europe on that uh, web page Alan Watt sent in sentinel.eu and for for uh, people who don't use the computers and get the disc just burned to them and passed to them you can get in touch with me in, at, at Alan Watt site 41 box 4 Esther, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P as in Peter, 3, E as in Elizabeth, 4, N as in Nora, 1. P, 3, E, 4, N, 1. And I always remind the audience that you bring me to you because I'm not part of a big uh, foundation. I have no NGOs backing me up, anything like that. I'm neither right nor left or anything else. And I'm not uh, pushing uh, other people's products. The ads you hear in the show pay RBN radio station for their airtime, their staff, their equipment, their, their billings and so on, their, their uh, expensive bills too for this kind of work. And it's up to you to keep me going. So you have to either buy the few things I've had time to put up on the website uh, in my name, the books and the discs and so on, or you can donate to me. And remember, Donations uh, can be used as well on PayPal. can be used uh, to either donate or buy the books. If you want to buy the books through PayPal, just send me a separate email with the order, and I'll get them out to you. Uh, personal checks are good from the U.S. to Canada. And if you don't want to use personal checks, you can use, uh, or, or even a bank, you can use uh, or buy an international postal money order at the bank international postal money order western union is good uh, moneygram is good outside the americas and you can also use paypal as well some people send cash because that cuts out the fees that they charge people on the other end to make the, the wire order and it, it cuts out the fees on this end as well and it's up to you how you want to do it but times are really bad as everyone knows it's getting worse and um, 
if nothing else, all I can say is over the years I've changed the, the face of Patriot Radio into being a naval gazer looking at just the US and Canada into this world system to show you the big players how it was all coming together, the spider's web naming the foundations, the people involved, the players, and how really uh, this plan for a global government has been going on for an awful long time. It's games within games, games within games, games on top of games, always by other players. And we're witnessing, we're living through uh, the culmination of over a hundred years of planning and work that the big boys have put in to bring about global governance. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're cutting through the Matrix. Uh, just uh, prefacing tonight's talk with uh, reminding people how old this agenda is and how it's used different faces over the last hundred odd years. We went through the phase with the, uh, the socialist or communist versus capitalist stuff that went on for years and years, have had wars over it and all the rest of it. Many countries were put into civil war across the world over it. And uh, when you go into the prelude to it all, to see how the big players were already setting up uh, at least a formula for a global governance system with the, the intents of bringing it in through generated conflict. Uh, this is written about before the League of Nations was actually set up. It was written about by some of the players who set it up. And it was very rich people who did set it up. In fact, it was mainly international bankers belonging to the Milner Group in London, England, that merged with the Rhodes Foundation and the Rothschild Foundation and became the Royal Institute for International Affairs. So global governance was already the idea uh, uh, to set up the League of Nations, which eventually uh, got more power as went along and became the United Nations, always with the same intent that that nothing could be done fast to bring a global system under their wings. It would have to be done incrementally, piece by piece. And if you look at how even the communist movement was set up, it took them many years, a generation really, to gradually indoctrinate until they eventually could get certain things taught in school to generate the mentality of, of, a, of, of a group that would grew up for a particular generation and then become communistic or socialistic themselves. These guys have all the time in the world. They know that's how you do it through generational uh, training and incrementalism. But they also knew that to bring in world governments, and they always had the idea of vastly reducing the population of the world uh, when they set up the League of Nations. Some of the, the founders talked about that necessity, and they talked about the means to do it. Warfare, plagues would be very handy, and at that time uh, they were into bacteriology and bacterial warfare at the beginning of the 20th century, big time. And um, there were all different ways to bring down the population. Various eugenics programs went out across the world. We saw 
we always hear about uh, what Nazi Germany brought in with its uh, racial hygiene uh, policy and the, st the sterilization and, and then euthani euthanization, I should say, really, of um, the so-called idiot class, the ones who were mentally subnormal, as they were called. But that was already being done in the United States via the Rockefeller Foundation and their big movement towards a form of um, eugenical purity. Uh, survival of the fittest should, should be long to those families who had the higher IQs, who acquired more wealth and power and held on to it meaning their offspring didn't go astray. They were so well uh, interbred and chosen. Uh, their partners were chosen for them for intellect and uh, power, all coming from families of power and influence, that uh, they had the right to basically rule the world, in, in a sense. And um, they, they put, went through a eugenics policy that only ended really in the 1970s in the United States and some of the U.S. states, mandatory sterilization of the unfit well, all that's coming back now because these guys never go away. They, they'll calm something down when it gets bad press, but they never go away. And it's just like this Copenhagen Treaty. I said myself, if God himself came down and spoke to all the people and said, here's the proof this is all a con and here's the real agenda, uh, they'd have to go ahead anyway because that is the agenda. Nothing will stop them from this agenda. Nothing at all. This has been in the works for so long it was decided to amalgamate the world after this Cold War that was pretty well phony on many, many levels, real on others, but mainly phony because there was an, another big player uh, over the two sides that seemed to be in conflict. And the big player was incredibly rich, incredibly rich. The world now is, um, has amalgamated since the Cold War. And that, remember, too, was what came out in the Rees Commission. It can't be overlooked, that commission in the United States. The Congress set up the Rees Commission to look into the great foundations. These incredibly wealthy foundations, tax-exempt, too, uh, they were owned by big magnets of the business world and the banking world. And they wondered why the, these uh, capitalists were financing all the far-left movements including what seemed to be communist movements. And Senator Norman Dodds spoke to the CEOs of these foundations, and they told them quite frankly that their job was to gradually, again that word gradually, through a generation, so much alter the culture in the United States and the Western world that it would blend seamlessly with that of the Soviet system. Hence the wall comes down, we find that all the Western countries are already socialized, and completely socialized, and that is what they're, they're referring to when they talk about democracy, it's a socialist system, a completely socialist system. Now socialism sounds wonderful to very naive people who still think in utopic terms. Socialism really it's like most of these big charters that they put out there can sound like wonderful ideas if any of it was true and if they intended to follow through on it but of course it's all done by deception they don't mean what they say they, they, they say it to get you all sucked into it because you see we have different classes on this planet 
and the class that always emerges at the top of all nations is the most ruthless class of all. Uh, the degenerative types of inbreds get to the top because they're vicious and they're psychopathic. They wouldn't care if it was global warming or global cooling. They would learn their lines and look convincing at all these world summits and, and deny everybody else on the opposite side of the fence as flat earthers and so on, call them bad names just like Mr. Brown's doing now from Britain. So it's nothing to do really with what they believe. They don't believe in these things themselves at the very top. They just use it to get a system in which we need to benefit them personally and their families. In other words, you have an international class. You've always had an international class. Always. If you look at the royalties of all countries, what are they? They're international. Very few of them, in fact most of them, have never bred into their own the people they lord over. They always marry uh, a king and a queen from another country. They used to give away countries and dowries uh, along with it too. We're almost at that stage again. But um, the, the trick is that the, the people who get to the top are never pleasant people. They're vicious vicious people and they're so highly motivated because they're abnormal normal folk don't want power over other people these people live to acquire power and you'll find them at the top of the NGOs the fanatical NGO groups and you have to be a nutcase to claw your way up there because everyone else in, in that line is fanatical too you have to be vicious so they get to the top they're given their lines and this is the new um, this is the communist manifesto it's the greening manifesto it's the world manifesto and they learn them and uh, they're almost at the stage of putting to death anybody who denies it in other words these people regardless of a system in time if it was back to the communist era would be the top of the communist list if it was the time of the nobility running Europe they'd be the top of the nobility list running feudalism these are the type who get up there and they have more energy than normal people have because they're, they're almost possessed you might say with the idea of more and more power something we can't imagine when you look at some of the big players some of the biggest players uh, to bring uh, brought in this whole global environmental uh, eugenical depopulation agenda like Maurice Strong and you look at the hours they still put in today at their age and the meetings they attend the average person cannot do that there's an abnormal drive there you'll find that with great dictators and stuff like that same kind of thing, abnormal but psychopathic nonetheless, utterly ruthless and any means of deception to get what they want is used they have no qualms being psychopathic, no, no qualms whatsoever about lying to get what they want done even if that means taking over whole nations taking our world over and lying to them they will lie George Orwell warned us about this group in his book 1984 he talked about them the, the higher bureaucratic class who would parrot everything uh, that they were told to parrot perfectly with, and be absolutely convincing to each other as they parted the party line uh, even when they had lectures, in-house lectures talking about the wonderful life it would be uh, when they could breed out the ability 
to speak. That's an example that Orwell used in an exaggerated form. And one of them turns around and says, I see, brother, when, when we can't communicate, there'll be no thought crime. And, it's, and that's how they were, oh, I see, brother, you know, right, right on. That's the kind of you'll find at these meetings. These party members, they are a world party, and they're party members, fanatics too. Well paid, mind you. I used to look at all the different Russian defectors that came across from the KGB to Europe or the US and uh, I don't think one of them ever left because of financial hardship. They lived a lifestyle, and this was in the British newspapers at the time in the late uh, 70s, it said that um, the lifestyle uh, had all of the luxuries and the amenities given to their equivalent characters in the so-called capitalist countries. It was just the peasants who didn't have access to all this stuff. And just like this global bunch is a very, very same. Back with more after this break. and this is cutting through the matrix and just showing people that things don't really change in a sense it's just that uh, the same type of people are born in every generation if they're born into positions of power or families of power they'll climb the ladder quicker uh, those at the bottom the bottom psychopaths have to gradually wheedle their way in charm everybody they have ability to charm although they mean nothing and uh, claw their way up from the very, very bottom or, or jump on the latest uh, cause and be a good yes man or yes woman. And uh, it doesn't matter what system it is, they'll, 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 they'll join it immediately. They smell which way the wind's going. They smell where the money's getting put and they smell the agenda. And they're like wolves in the gill. Join the pack. Uh, this uh, Copenhagen Treaty is much more serious than people think. It is to do with global governance and they have a, a clause in the treaty that actually has the word government in it, global government in it. And that was broken by Lord Moncton to the, to the, I've got the article here and the actual notes it came from. And even that was meant to be snuck through with people noticing it because they didn't call it the Copenhagen uh, Agreement. It was notes by the by the, the top character of the United Nations. Notes, his notes. It was called 180 pages of notes, all to do with this one meeting. But it was basically outlining the draft. Anyway, as I'm sure everybody knows, the mainstream media have carried on uh, as though the scandal concerning all the fudged figures by the main characters involved to do with all this phony data uh, is completely ignored by the media and that's what they're doing is I, I said this would happen they have to do it because they've been at this they've been building up for this thing for literally since Maurice Strong set up the first council to do with environment uh, the United Nations in 1972 and that, that uh, out of that came uh, United Nations Department for Environmental uh, Things and then he led up the 1992 uh, Earth Charter that gave supposedly rights to everything except humans across the planet but also gave obligations to governments to fulfill certain UN mandates 
he also was involved with the last uh, Copenhagen agreement and this one too of course he's at every major meeting big big player and this guy was picked up as a college he even went to college he was picked up he was a teenager by Rockefeller and groomed for his position because he had all the right psychopathic qualities and energy as I said that goes with it He's a, a, a typical example of how the mainstream is just ignoring the, the scandal that's just, it hasn't even died down yet. It's, uh, it says here, uh, climate talks open with calls for urgent action December the 7th. Then going through the, the, through the propaganda, it's just propaganda, a much anticipated global meeting of nearly 200 nations all seeking what has so far been a lose of common ground on the issue of climate change. Uh, I love how they, they, they changed the terms. It came from global warming to climate change, and then now it's to do with CO2. You know, CO2. It began here on Monday with impassioned airing of what leaders have called the political and moral imperatives at hand. So once again, if they don't save us all, uh, we're doomed. That's how they're starting the whole thing off. Uh, this is actually called in official circles the cult of... Um, it's climate salvationism. They're using a religious uh, cause, really. It's the high gurus and these guys at the top are the ones who are going to save us from these catastrophes, which only they can see coming and no one else can see. So they're a new priesthood and they promise us salvation from uh, catastrophes to do with climate and bad old men at the bottom of it all. And they start off saying the clock has ticked down to zero. They should use the clock too during the atomic uh, warfare uh, possibility scam. And that's what it was, the Cold War scam. No, no one was going to nuke anybody. But uh, they didn't tell the public that. It makes the public easier to control by their own governments. And it allows government to, to expand its powers and authorities and increase more uh, funding to black ops for other purposes, like putting satellites up there that will control the public in 20 years' time stuff like that and they used the clock then at that oh two minutes to zero we're almost there and it's going to be nuke time well it's the same thing here the clock has ticked down to zero said the United Nations climate chief Joe De Boer after two hours of negotiation that time has come to or two years of negotiation that time has come to deliver now it's amazing I used to get pictures in my mind I often I get pictures in my mind about everything but people talk in words I get pictures and whenever they want something done, it's just astonishing. It's always money that's going to fix it. And I had, I had pictures of big aircraft flying across the sky, dumping your dollars into the atmosphere, as that was going to be the cure, apparently, to, to cure all these awful ills. That kind of sacrifice, a new priesthood that uses dollar bills rather than just bodies, but they'll use bodies when required. So just put them across it, and it's all going to be cleared up, you see. Just like that. It's amazing. I've watched so many crises through my life that that's always the answer to it. Money. We need more money for this. And these fat cats at the top in big business, of course, are all part of it, have uh, already set themselves up to take all this money. They get free carbon credits in international corporations. They've been trading them in Europe for the last four years and making profits off them profits of carbon credits millions of dollars worth or euro dollars worth that were given to them by the European Union for free and they're making millions of it already guess who's going to be paying the, the carbon credits with your dollars and getting nothing back 
Yeah, all of you out there. It's always the same story, isn't it? Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. Just giving you a little bit of background on this. There's nothing spontaneous about these meetings. As I say, the first one to do with using... Uh, the climate is a, a reason to bring the world together and dominate it by a particular ruling elite was um, back in 1972 and I think that was about the same year that the Club of Rome came out with their idea of using global warming as, as the reason that they would use to to uh, bring the world under control through treaties and negotiations and grant money and all the rest of it and it's eventually led step by step through different world meetings all run by Maurice Strong up to the present one in Copenhagen and uh, this particular article is more on the nose with what happens there and it's from the Telegraph it says Copenhagen Climate Summit it's going to use 1,200 limos, limousines, stretch limos and so on, 140 private planes and jets and caviar wedges. I think the last meeting they had there, I read the, the, the menu that they had. I think they had 14 courses there, 14 courses. Can you imagine the methane they, they belched out eh, at the end of that? And Copenhagen too, they, they talked recently, and I read an article about a week or so ago from a newspaper, the Copen in Copenhagen, the prostitutes are just dying for this because they said uh, the last one meeting they had was the well, all these uh, you know these bigwigs and, and very respectable people you know who always go under the the guise of respectability had had been the, the biggest boon they'd ever had the biggest boon they'd had for about 150 years so they're looking forward to this one and what I should mention too is when I think they had a, a big uh, G20 meeting quite some years back in British Columbia in Canada. That was the first one where the RCMP was turned loose on students who were about half a mile away from the road where the, the, the dignitaries were to pass. Um, it turned out about two weeks after the event, or two or three weeks after the event, that the Canadian government had bought, paid, paid for male prostitutes for a lot of the, the foreign dignitaries. They said this was protocol. You see, we have no idea of, of the deviant class that rulers. We have no idea at all. But then if you read history, it shouldn't shock you. Look at the history of every country in the world and who ends up dominating and ruling. You could have the degenerate class, the psychopathic types. And we pay. We pay for their horrors, be it male or female. And I often wonder with the diplomatic community and all the rest of it do they also hire children do they get them in from orphanages or something I wouldn't put it past them if it's protocol for visiting foreign dignitaries but anyway Copenhagen's looking forward to it there and I guess uh, that country will be paying for a lot of it out of their tax funding for a change literally I'm not kidding you we, we have no idea of the characters people have no idea of the characters that rule them 
You see, it isn't just a deviance in one way or another. It's their whole life. They are utter psychopaths at the top. Psychopaths live for thrills and power over others. They are sadomasochistic by nature. They admire those with more power than themselves and despise those with lesser. Average folk will never catch on because we can't imagine that. It's like trying to get into the mind of a mass murderer or a serial rapist. You can't get in there. It's too alien to you. That's why in every age the same type get to the top. And if anyone should be psychoanalyzed and checked for personality traits, it should be all of these characters who end up with power over us. And I really mean that. Or there's no chance at all. But anyway, this article again, Telegraph, uh, this is Copenhagen's preparing for the climate change summit that will produce as much carbon dioxide as a town the size of Middlesbrough in England. By Andrew uh, Gilligan, December the 5th, 2009. It says, on, On a normal day, uh, Mackian Fris Jorgensen, managing director of Copenhagen's biggest limousine company, says her firm has 12 vehicles on the road during the summit to save the world. That's how they're touting it, by the way. Uh, which opens here tomorrow. She will have 200. We thought they were not going to have so many cars due to being a climate convention, she says, but it seems that somebody last week looked at the weather reports. This is Mrs. Jorgensen reckons that between her and her rival, the total number of limos in Copenhagen next week has already broken the 1,200 barrier. The French alone rang up on Thursday and ordered another 42. Well, the French would because there's going to be a lot of, a lot of partying going on over there at the taxpayers' expense. We haven't got enough limos in the country to fulfill the demand, she says. We're having to drive them in hundreds of miles from Germany and Sweden. And the total number of electric cars or hybrids among that number, five. Five of 1,200, says Mrs. Jorgensen. The government has some alternative, uh, alternative fuel cars, but the rest will be petrol or diesel. We don't have any hybrids in Denmark, unfortunately, due to the extreme taxes on those cars. Makes no sense at all, but it's very Danish, she says. The airport says it's spending up to 140 extra private jets during the peak period alone. Private jets. That's not just all the other ones laid on. So far over its capacity that the planes will have to fly off to regional airports or to Sweden to park, returning to Copenhagen to pick up their VIP passengers. As well, 15,000 delegates and officials. 15,000. You understand to all, all the big NGO boys, they call it the Green Army, by the way. This is first mentioned, the Green Army, by Bill Cooper when he read an article to do with the, the uh, producer for uh, Star Trek, uh, Rodenbury. Rodenbury had a seat on the board of NAFTA, uh, the NASA, I should say, at the time, NASA. And he got his ideas, uh, political ideas, to put into the, to the various series on television of Star Trek from NASA, because it's a political movement, too. You've got to understand, everything is politics with the movements and directions. And he said back in the early 90s, Mr. Rose Rodenberry, they will unleash the group that he said they called the First Earth Army. They meant the combined power of all the purposely funded and created non-governmental organizations. The 
true hardcore of of the greening communist agenda the useful idiots the ones at the top would call them because you would have true believers and these guys are true believers the NGO followers not the heads of the NGOs they get well paid for what they're doing by the foundations but it says here there's also 5,000 journalists and 98 world leaders. The Danish capital will be blessed by the presence of Leonardo da Capricio, or Caprio is Daryl Hannah. You see all the Hollywood people. Helena Christensen, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, and Prince Charles. A Republican U.S. Senator Jim Inhofe is getting in at the head of the anti-climate change truth squad. The top hotels are fully booked at £650 a night are readying for the climate convention menus of no doubt sustainable scallops, photogra and sculptured caviar wedges. Uh, at the takeaway pizza end of the spectrum, Copenhagen's clean pavements are starting to fill with slightly well scrubbed protesters from all over Europe. In the city's famous anarchist commune of Christiana this morning, among the hash dealers and heavily graffitied walls, they started their two-week climate bottom meeting, complete with a storytelling yurt and a funeral of the day for, for various corrupt heatist concepts such as economic growth. The Danish government is cunningly spending a million kroner, that's £120,000, to give the protesters Klima Forum a parallel conference in the magnificent DGI BN Sports Centre. The hope, officials admit, is that they'll work off their youthful energies on the climbing wall, state-of-the-art swimming pools and bowling alley. It's just amazing, though, isn't it, how they even cater for the protesters and even how they label it there, too, just their youthful energy youthful energy so everybody's protesting oh that's just youthful energy you see they're going to protest something isn't it this is um, just in case Denmark has taken delivery of its first ever water cannon one of the newspapers is running a competition to suggest names for it plus sweeping new police powers I like that plus sweeping new police powers the authorities have been proudly showing us their new temporary prison, 360 cages in a disused brewery, housing 4,000 detainees. Now, they had the same ones, the, the different meetings, E20s and so on, these, these fold-up uh, temporary cages to put the people in. So this is global. Like, see, we are global, eh? We are global. This is, and this being Scandinavia, even the prostitutes are doing their bit for the planet. Outraged by a council postcard urging delegates to be sustainable, don't buy sex. Well, fat chance of that with these guys. The local sex workers union, they have unions here, has announced that all of its 1,400 members will give free intercourse to anyone with a climate conference delegates pass. Because they'll, get, they'll be getting funding from the, from the convention, you see. The prostitutes get funding from the convention via the government. That's, that's what Canada did too. Amazing, isn't it, eh? The term carbon dating just took on an entirely new meaning. So, this is an 11 day conference, including the participants' travel. It says we'll create a total of 41,000 tons of carbon dioxide equivalent, equal to the amount produced over the same period by a city the size of Middlesbrough. So, this is the real world. It is a farce, of course, but over down in history is, is something of very much importance and, and it definitely will be important to what happens to us at the bottom because, you see, 
it doesn't matter what they tell us after this event every leader of the world is already going to pledge this thing in writing and sign us down as collateral to pay off the carbon debt problem and they want us to take it personal carbon taxes to put and so along with your regular income tax you'll get carbon taxes and when we go cashless in only a few years now I've got articles here from the newspaper the banks, the big banks now are talking about uh, the year for putting in the cashless society they'll know everything you're buying and they'll send you a bill for every tin of beans or whatever you've bought for the carbon that it took to make those beans and grow those beans and tin those beans and transport those beans to little old you at the bottom so these fat cats that go to these international meetings can go out with their prostitutes and wine and dine uh, all on your expense and have a great old time as they always do always do it's amazing even in Canada whenever a new house gets in they have a big sort of party bash it's a, a standard thing that they have and uh, they always have in the newspapers how they, they wreck the, the parliament hall and they wreck everything and there's vomit all over the place and, and booze balls and yada yada probably needles now too I imagine and it's accepted as just a way of like you understand the, the psychopaths get up there this is how they are this is how they really are they love to have these big bashes it's no different than when the kings and queens and all the upper royalty and all the cousins and hundreds of them their would, would get together in the castles for the big parties no different at all and they'd have sex in front of everybody else and they'd piddle in the corners or down the little shoots they built in the castle walls that's why they, they move every uh, four times a year for the seasons the, the, the stink gets so high I'm not kidding, this is in the history books debauchery was just the norm with them it's the people below they give a different culture to and tell you all the rules to follow to give them a manageable culture if we were all like them there would be chaos that's what leaders have always known for thousands of years and it works so it works because these are the faces at Copenhagen that you'll see in all the respectable magazines and you'll see them on all the respectable news channels uh, talking with authority authority as I say the same characters if it was to change to the ice age tomorrow they'd be prattling on with the same confidence about the coming ice age believe you me because you know a lot of them who are there did that back in the 1970s that's what they were preaching then with great authority and conviction yep. climate salvationism that's what they're all about the high priests of all they need is not a tithe from you you see a voluntary tithe no they get all passed through governmental laws to pillage you and loot you so they can live the high life and get more authority given there's nothing great to a psychopath and get, acquire more and more official authority through laws and regulations it makes them feel more secure more secure psychopaths cannot stand insecurity they cannot stand frustration that's one of their big weaknesses that's why they repeat the same things over and over again the same behaviors over and over and over again psychopaths must have it now and when they let go and have slid off the steam 
there is no inhibition of any kind whatsoever because they have no guilt again we can't get into that headspace it's too foreign to us see but that's why they get away with it and of course the next week they're back on television or in the magazines with their their $5,000 suits looking very clean and respectable and that's what we're taught to see God help us all God help us all there's an article here it was from 1998 in the Financial Post Canada uh, December the 26th it talks about what is the most important problem facing Canada then they go through the, the, the poll they asked the public and it says uh, unemployment was first followed by government spending this is before 9-11 and, and all the security farces and all that stuff the economy, healthcare, national unity, taxes, poverty, education and crime the bottom of the list garnering only 2% of this was the environment you see what they've done in a few years by repetition, mantras and repetition this is the possibility that 98% of Canadians are not in a state of high anxiety over global warming, freaky weather, ozone depletion, pollution and scores of other green scares must be a teeth-gritting irritation to environmentalists. They have, after all, spent decades. Now, this was in 98. They already spent decades fertilizing the idea that we are on the brink of environmental disaster. At any time, you see. It's still going on. Any time. Ottawa and the provinces have spent billions on the campaign which includes turning the weather into a propaganda tool and the school system into the indoctrination camp that begins in kindergarten. The polls are testament to the good sense of Canadians. Despite relentless scaremongering by bureaucrats and activists, Canadians remain unwaveringly fixed on a national economic agenda of growth and prosperity rather on fantastic claims of apocalypse when David Suzuki, who's a geneticist by the way, who wants to reduce the population, he calls us all maggots. He says global warming is the most urgent slow motion catastrophe facing humankind. Nobody is paying much attention. Oh, tiddles, Mr. Suzuki. Back with more after this break. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, reading an article from a Canadian paper from 1998. And it goes on about uh, a politician who was appointed as Minister of the Environment. Now what they do is they can put them as Minister of the Environment one week and then move them into Minister of Health or Education the next week. And they're always experts, but really they're run by the high-level bureaucrats. They're always there regardless of the party that gets in, because they're the only guys that knows what's going on, you see, and what the long-term agendas are. But Mrs. Stewart was a good socialist, you see, and she says, she says, uh, as Minister of the Environment, she says, I'm very worried about global warming, which for a politician isn't saying much. Politicians are habitually very worried about one thing or another. The trouble starts when they use their power to fix problems they're worried about, even if their problems don't exist. Miss Stewart said, this is 98 and it's worse now, said she's prepared to do exactly that, no matter, she says, if the science is all phony, and we've found that's true. She says, no matter if the science is all phony, there are collateral environmental benefits, she says. It says, Can Environment Canada, therefore, is prepared to act on global warming, even if there's no such thing as global warming. So you see, we're, we're living an agenda. I keep 
telling the people this. We're living an agenda. You've got to understand these agendas will not turn around. They've taken so long to, to get underway and put into motion. They will not turn around. I don't care if God himself comes down and shows the evidence and waves the finger. It isn't going to change these. They can't go back. And I should mention too that uh, when Pierre Trudeau was in, remember he led the 52, 1952 common term for Canada to Moscow, the, the young communist international. He, led, he was the head of the delegation in 1952. The media said nothing about it at the time when he went for election as a prime minister. No media, right wing nor left wing, mentioned the fact he was the head of the comp. They all knew it. And when he was in office, they signed with the United Nations an agreement that if the right time, time came along for global governance, then Canada was all ready to surrender its sovereignty completely to a world governing body. How about that, eh? And who knows it? Well, the media know it. I know it. The boys in intelligence all know it. The only people who don't know it are the Canadian public. What else did Mrs. Stewart say back, or Ms. Stewart, um, oh sorry Ms. Stewart, uh, back in, in, in 98, it says here, climate change provides the greatest chance to bring about justice and equality in the world. So, but justice and equality, who would call me that she is, here she gets closer to the, clo the, the core motivation of some of the leading global warming activists, where socialism's attempt at global redistribution of wealth ended in economic catastrophe, global warming is being wheeled in as the new, the next new economic crusade. It's the same agenda, the same agenda, redistribution of wealth, and the richer countries, and yet that's you out there that are struggling to pay your taxes and keep a roof over your head, you're the richer countries, have to pay and pay and pay as these boys at the top pocket a bit three quarters of the money and pass on the dribbles to the third world countries in, in supposedly an attempt to help them out. That's what it's all about. Utter, utter corruption by the deviant class that's always at the top, the psychopaths. The true psychopaths, the ones who are not born into poverty-stricken parents and end up as winos in the street or smashing windows when they want to grab some jewellery. Again, no tolerance or frustration, got to have it now. No, if they're born into positions of power and families of power and wealth and go to the good schools, they get to the top. And where do they go? To these world meetings like that. That's where they end up, in charge of you, behaving like the deviants of previous aristocracies behaved. Only now there's thousands and thousands of them not just a king and queen and a few dozen families to support their deviancies from Hamish myself from Ontario Canada it's good night to me your God or your God's go with you